right, let's talk about this Niners quarterback room. So there's been lots of uh, Trey Lance mechanics talk. Some good mechanics talk. We, we had that talk with uh, Emil Fragoso last week. Everybody gets excited about how Trey Lance looks in shorts and a t-shirt. And man, oh man, does his does his mechanics look absolutely on point, Rami. For somebody in the beginning of June throwing a football, he looks fantastic. With nobody running at him yes. with bad intentions. With absolutely yeah. zero pressure applied to him. Right. Uh, he looks clean. He looks very, very clean. Uh, so we've heard that. We've also heard nonstop Sam Darnold hype. I, I don't remember a more mediocre, according to his resume, a more mediocre quarterback in his first like four or five years in the NFL. I can't remember a more mediocre quarterback's resume being puffed up more than Sam Darnold this offseason. Everybody who's had a conversation with a certain someone in San Francisco is trying to sell you on this idea that Sam Darnold is the second coming of Joe Montana. This guy can be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm trying to think of one, and I honestly can't. I honestly can't. You might be right in terms of being hard-pressed to find a more mediocre quarterback with more hype than Sam Darnold. It's it's a little outrageous when you, when you think about it. Now, I've tweeted about it at Nick C Radio. Rami also at uh, Rami is tweeting. That's me. I've tweeted about just this outrageous level of hype around Sam Darnold for whatever reason. Well, we might have gotten a little bit of a dose of reality over the weekend, Rami, about this quarterback room. Because... Kyle Shanahan's buddies in the media, they've been squawking about, oh, man, this is a a great quarterback room. Mm -hmm. This quarterback room is set perfectly. Uh, Jeff Darlington, however, uh, he was was on ESPN over the weekend on SportsCenter, and here's what he had to say about Lance and Darnold so far. Trey Lance now, who the third overall pick you think would be the presumptive starter in this situation, is still on his own trying to hold off Brock Purdy while he's out uh, rehabbing his elbow. So we have a situation where Trey Lance has gotten a lot of the first-team reps, but so too has Sam Darnold at times. I haven't gotten the sense talking to anybody in San Francisco that either Darnold or Lance has done enough necessarily to hold off Purdy when he does come back. So as long as Purdy can come back healthy and resume what he was doing at the end of the last season, I still think Purdy winds up as the week one starter. But again, training camp is where this will all play out because we should point out Trey Lance has been hurt before essentially the, each of the last two seasons. In the preseason two years ago with the finger issue and then in week two last year with his ankle issues. All right. So Darlington says from what he has heard, neither Lance nor Darnold have done nearly enough to make the Niners entertain the idea of Brock Purdy not being QB1 when he gets back? Um, not surprised because, and Nick, I, you know, I came, I came here from Milwaukee where I was dealing with the Aaron Rodgers drama for a long time, <laughs> seemingly forever. And I would always tell people, don't listen to what these guys are saying about Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. And, and, and when you talk about the quarterback situation, look at what they're doing. In, in other words, when they dra- they didn't draft Jordan Love because they weren't planning on moving on from Aaron Rodgers, and they didn't extend Aaron Rodgers' timeline because they loved what they were seeing from Jordan Love. You know what I mean? They were ready yeah. to move on from Aaron Rodgers, then they didn't see what they wanted to see from Aaron Rodgers or from Jordan Love, so they stuck with Aaron Rodgers a little bit longer. If they really believed in Sam Darnold or Trey Lance, 
they'd be telling you this guy is the starting quarterback week one if Brock Purdy can't go. Right. Hell, if they showed him enough, they might even be saying, you know, this guy could give Brock Purdy a run a run for his money. That wouldn't be a crazy thing to say when you're talking about, as we mentioned in the first hour, Mr. Irrelevant, who played six regular season games for you last year and then two playoff games before his elbow got blowed up real good in the NFC championship game. They they will they will say they will go up to a certain line in terms of singing these guys' praises and telling you all the positive things about them. But I'll also say this, Nick. We we can't sit here and go and 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 not be impressed by what Trey Lance is doing in shorts and a t shirt with nobody running at him and then and then and then somehow take it as a knock that he doesn't he hasn't done anything to wow the coaches. You know what I mean? How much of an opportunity is there to wow the coaches when you're doing things at half speed and shorts and a t-shirt? Has Have either of these guys really gotten a chance to set themselves apart from each other or to put themselves in the same conversation as a Brock Purdy when we're talking about OTAs and mini camps and things of that sort? If If this is still the case in training camp, where they'll only walk up to a certain line in singing these guys' praises, then I start to go, hmm, I don't, I don't think they're seeing what they want to see out of either of these two guys yet. Yeah, look, it's a fair point about, you know, how much can you actually do to win a job or, you know, take out Brock Purdy, so to speak. But I, I think this is more to do with the reality of the quarterback room. This is what we've been talking about. The fact is... The quarterback position for the Niners is an unknown, which is borderline amazing given their situation, but that's what it is. Nobody has any idea what the hell Trey Lance is going to be. They don't know what he's going to be. They don't know what he is. He could be Dunzo. This could be it. We have no idea. He can't stay healthy, and when he's played, he has not played very well. He has not looked the part of an NFL quarterback to the point where Kyle Shanahan was calling a ton of quarterback runs at the beginning of last year after everybody was squawking to me about his changed mechanics a year ago. That's why I'll believe it when I see it when the games actually matter and count and guys are chasing him around. Let's see what his mechanics look like. Trey Lance is a big-time unknown. Sam Darnold, what we know of him, which is a decent amount, is that he's never been a very good decision-maker at the NFL level. He turns the football over. He has not been the guy that people thought he was going to be. Now, yes, some of that could be explained by the coaching changes and the different coordinators that he has had. But he went to two different teams, and he failed at both of them. So, so far, that's who he is. He could wake up and be a different guy. He could go back to his college days and all of a sudden look like a great Sam Donald. But he is who he is as far as we know. And Purdy's a guy who played well in a seven-game sample. Brock Purdy, let's get this straight. Brock Purdy's a great story. And he played much better than you would have anticipated from a Mr. Irrelevant. But it's not like he lit the world on fire, folks. It's not like this guy was thrown for 350 yards and three touchdowns every week. It wasn't like Kyle Shanahan was like, you know what, throw the ball 45 times. So that's what the quarterback room is. I'm not telling you that Brock Purdy can't succeed. I'm just telling you, today, right now, we've got Mr. Irrelevant on like a seven-game sample size. Some was really good. Some wasn't great. You've got Trey Lance, the great unknown, and Sam Darnold, who's been a failure. That's what your quarterback room is. So 
I couldn't care less about all this jibber-jabbering and, and yapping about how great this guy looks and how his mechanics are awesome and watch out, Sam Darnold's going to be unbelievable this year. I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to apply it to this roster. And what I know is this quarterback room is a question mark. Might end up great. Might not end up great. But that's what it is. I've said, you know, with Trey Lance, there, he's still so young, man, that – they're they're still literal. I mean, they're working on his on his throwing mechanics and and things of that sort. He's still sort of. I used the ball of clay analogy the other day, and quite frankly, I probably took it too far, and I apologize. But he's he's still sort of a he's a more raw ball of clay to work with for Kyle Shanahan and his staff than what Sam Darnold is. And and I have seen a difference in his in his throwing motion and his delivery. Nick, from from what we saw last year to what we've seen in these offseason practices that he's had so far this year, you're not going to see that with Sam Darnold. Like like from from a throwing motion standpoint and everything else, he is he's he's a finished product. He is who he is. I don't think we're going to see any Kyle Shanahan effect if there is one to be seen. I don't think we'll see it until he's out there facing some some live action and real competition in a preseason game to see if Kyle Shanahan has sort of rewired him to make better decisions within within the structure of the offense and is and is sending the ball where it needs to go and when it needs to go there. You know what I mean? I I think that's where Sam Darnold will get a chance to set himself apart or show any kind of growth or development or or benefit of playing under Kyle Shanahan. With Trey Lance, you'll see the little stuff now, but even he will will need to see that from him to feel any sort of different way than what we've felt about him or either of those two guys up until now. There is a part of me, and I'm not saying this is what's happening, but there is a part of me that the more I hear about Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, it makes me believe that there's concern from some in that facility. Like The, the more they try to sell me on it, the more I feel like they're trying to sell me a bill of goods. Now, that could be totally wrong. But that's just how I feel. When organizations really pump the tires of, of, of two guys like Lance and Darnold, it's almost like they're trying to control the narrative so much that they're trying to sell me on this idea that, oh, watch out, one of these two guys can knock Brock Purdy off. And, and I'm, not, I'm not susceptible to buy those things. I, I want to see. I want to see what these guys look like when the bullets are live. And unfortunately... It, the preseason means a heck of a lot less now than it ever has. And, you know, we can read the reports of joint practices if they have them and what these guys did. But it sounds to me like neither of these guys have done anything to the point where the coaching staff is like, hey, wait a minute. We, we might have to actually think might about have this have something thing. here. None of it. None we'll, of it. We'll know if they do, though. You'll you'll see it. It'll be different than, than this this chatter that we've heard up until this point. It, it'll have a different vibe to it, and it'll feel more real if either of these guys starts to really impress or wow these coaches. I wonder, you know, it's not like we can take a Niners fan survey, but I do wonder what I mean, percentage of Niners fans are completely confident and sure that, like, Brock Purdy can be that guy. I wonder what the percentage is. That's Just wonder. Like, it, does the majority of the fan base youtube.com slash Sacktown sports and we are your home your Sacramento home for 49ers football like does you know does the majority of the Niners fan base feel like oh we're in really good shape of Purdy or are they like us where it's like well yeah he, he played well he played good enough especially for a guy who was drafted last 
but it was a seven game sample size. And let's see what happens when he, you know, when he's playing a full season. Is there that confidence level? I know there's confidence in Kyle Shanahan as far as, you know, coaching an offense and, and most play calling. But I do wonder what that what that level of confidence is from most Niners fans, whether or not they're like totally on the Brock train or not. Mm. <laughs> you have one back here. You have two. But I don't think uh Nate's gonna pipe in today. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks for the update. Uh, I, I would like to stay delusional. Nate's on a gag order. Why, yeah, why can't I don't Nate, why. Why why can't Nate chime in? Today? I would What's like a gag to say, order. Stop, Nate. I don't even know what that is. I would like to keep term. it delusional, and I have a lot of faith in him. Did your phone just chime? What did I just hear? No, that was my nails hitting oh. my water bottle. Ting. It's like a foul tip in college baseball. It's very, they're very strong nails. It sounds like it. I play a drum solo on that thing. All right, your thoughts on uh, on the Niners quarterback room. Jeff Darlington of ESPN reporting that uh, neither Trey Lance nor Sam Darnold have really done much or at least enough to to make the Niners entertain the idea that Brock Purdy uh, is not going to be the starting quarterback for this team. 1-800-920-1140 is the phone number. The text line is 916-339-1140. Don't forget the website. Tons of content there on the Niners as well. Sacktownsports.com. We will get your reaction. Uh, to Jeff Darlington's report on the Niners quarterback room. Also, in 90 seconds, are things about to get even worse for one commissioner? With you one mile at a time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. Chris Jager on the uh, YouTube chat. Purdy was the highest-rated quarterback in the league over that seven-game stretch, so yes, he was setting the world on fire. Uh, first of all, I don't know if that's true. I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. But come on now. What, what are we doing? What, what are we doing? This is this is the part that irritates me and frustrates well, me. Well, I mean, you did ask if anybody out there, how confident 49ers fans out there are. He's not. He's He answered your question. He's that confident. No, no, he's not answering that question. He's disagreeing with my thought that Brock Purdy did not set the world on fire. He's saying, no, he did set the world on fire because his quarterback rating was good. What are we doing? First of all, quarterback rating, you know what that is? It tells you a lot about how safe a quarterback plays. This is why Aaron Rodgers doesn't take risks, because he loves to see his passer rating lead the league every year. When you're throwing five to ten yard slants, not difficult. Chris, not difficult, okay? You look at the talent, look at what they asked him to do. I mean... When you throw a five-yard slant to Debo Samuels and he takes it to the house for 65 yards, is that on, is that on Debo in, in, in the scheme or is that on Brock Purdy doing something spectacular? He played well, okay? Let the world on fire. He played well. He wasn't, you know, absolutely crushing the league when he, when he parachuted into the season. He played well. Crushed it and set it on fire. I mean, there's a there's a middle road here that we can agree on, I would hope. We don't have to say that he was incredible or great or setting the world on fire. We don't have to say he wasn't good. We can say what I think what he was. He was good. He played well for the most part. He also threw a number of passes that could have been picked that weren't picked. That's the truth. I'm sorry. That's the truth. So we'll see. Can he one day light the world on fire? Again, I don't write anybody off. 
I'm not telling you the dude's not going to be really, really good. I'm just telling you what he was last year. He played pretty well. That offense was led by Christian McCaffrey. But that's also, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is going to be there this year. So is Debo. So is Kittle. So, you know what I mean? So is Brandon Absolutely. Ayer. Fingers crossed. Yes. And, and that makes that makes his life a lot easier. A yeah, lot easier. No doubt. No doubt about that. But again, we're not talking, as of right now, we're not talking about a quarterback that is going to be raising everybody else's level. He's a quarterback that everybody else raises his level. That's the difference between a guy that you say, oh, he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. To me, that means somebody who can help carry your team. I don't think Brock's that guy as of right now. You need Run CMC. You need Debo. You need Ayuk. You need Kittle. You need one of the best, if not the best, for my money, he is the best left tackle in the game in Trent Williams. You need Kyle Shanahan, who is a very, very good play caller for the most part, aside from some of his third and fourth down decisions, which drive me crazy. Like, they don't ask a lot of Brock Purdy, which is fine, because they have a great defense, and they have a number of really good to possibly special skill position players. So he can fit his role. But I just... I will battle back on anybody who tries to tell me that that guy was just like standing back and slinging best quarterback like in the he league. was Patrick Mahomes or you know like we we can we can have a middle ground here we can say he played well that's fine we don't have to go too bananas here he played well did you see flashes of that slinging though at all of that like there because I I did as an Niners fan here and there I mean I I saw some I saw some really good throws sure. There's one specifically that really sticks out to me, and if Brandon Ayuk caught it, I think we'd still be seeing the highlights today. Yeah, Yeah. he scrambled for like five minutes, finds Ayuk in the corner (laughs) of the end zone, the most like insane tightest window throw, and Ayuk drops it. (sighs) And I I think that that is flash. I think that's partly why people are so excited. Sure. He did some things. Yeah. (laughs) Nick, sure. No, sure. Yeah. I mean, the guy, look. When, when you're talented enough to make the NFL, you can have some of those plays. You, you can, you can, like somebody, I'm sure, I'm sure if we look back at Sam Darnold's film, there's flashes of that with Sam Darnold. There's flashes with that with a lot of quarterbacks that don't end up being, you know, great quarterbacks. Again, I, I've never doubted that this guy could be Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe maybe a little bit better if he, if he develops and plays well. But I, I praise. I just think we have to – what's that average NFL quarterback? I mean, what I would like you to do, Nate, and I would yeah, – no, 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 hold on. Yeah, what okay. I would like you to do and other Niners fans, sit down and list quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay. Like, yeah. like okay. write them down. Go through okay. the list. And if if you believe Brock Purdy is above 15 or 16 on that list, we can have that conversation. We will I'm, totally I'm pretty, exercise that. I'm back pretty here. confident will. he will end up in the late teens to maybe yeah, early okay. 20s. I'm trying to meet you in the middle here because, yeah, that sample size is extremely small, and he's coming back from a very significant injury. That I think if you if you said Jimmy Garoppolo before he tore his ACL, he played a lot differently than he did when he came back in in 2019. Yeah, I would also go back because I know this time very well. I was paying close attention to it because obviously the Patriots traded Garoppolo and I, I was doing work with them. I would also say look back at who he played. When Jimmy G came in, was traded, I think he won, what, seven games in a row or something like that. 
Go back and look at who he played. He yeah. played a bunch of tomato cans. He played a bunch of teams that were that were angling for high draft picks. Honestly, he did. Yeah, I, think, no. I think he played one decent team in that run. I'm not saying as a winner. I'm saying the way he threw the ball, no, the I'm way saying, he played. Oh, I know what you're saying. It was way different. I know yeah. what you're saying. But I'm saying, you know, was it different before the ACL because it was just different? Or was it different yeah. because he played a bunch of ham and anchors? That's true. Yeah, totally true. So, um, and again, it was, it was also a very small sample size. So, I, I would just... I would just say if you keep it if you keep it objective and you look at a list of quarterbacks, Brock's going to be ranked somewhere in probably around the 20 range. Early 20s. Which by the way, to go from being mystery relevant to that is huge. In a year is That's remarkable. It's a great story. Right, exactly. If this guy ends up being a legitimate starting quarterback for the next 8-10 years, it's one of the best stories we've seen in sports and it, I've said it since last year. It should be a movie. If he moves up five, seven spots, this like let's say he comes back, he takes a starting job and plays well enough that Nick and others move him up five, seven spots in the quarterback rankings, even that is would would be an insane story to go from where he is to that over the course of a couple of years yeah, and a couple of seasons. Meanwhile, I want to get to this because I said we would. Uh, there was a Wall Street Journal report over the weekend saying that the PGA agreed uh, with uh, Live Golf because the PGA could not afford the amount of money in these lawsuits that were happening. Um, obviously, the PGA released a statement saying that wasn't true. To characterize that this agreement was made due to litigation costs and other use of reserves is an oversimplification, is what the PGA said to uh, ESPN in a statement on Saturday. Uh, they then went on to say how, you know, oh, the PGA Tour was in a great spot. They've never been a more valuable property, blah, 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 blah bunch of verbal diarrhea. I think I think all of us would not be, you know, too surprised, Rami, about the Wall Street Journal report. Look, Saudi Arabia, breaking news, has lots of money. And they have absolutely zero issue spending hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. to battle the PGA in, in court. Just bury you in court. Yep. And then eventually bankrupt you and then start taking your talent away from you. And the PGA knew that. PGA knew that. Meanwhile, Live Golf, they also knew that they were failing because they had a deal with the CW network, and it wasn't going great for them. cutting their tournaments short. Yeah, to go to, to like syndicated program. Two and a half men. <laughs> yeah. I guess a good show back in the day. Um, didn't watch a lot of it, but yeah. So Saudi was going to out-money them. And the part of it is like Saudi Arabia, they don't care if they lose money. They got billions upon billions upon billions. They have endless money. They don't care. They don't care. They're they're paying the WWE hundreds of millions of dollars to do two shows over there per year. They don't care. That's the whole idea of sports washing. They don't care if the league fails or if it succeeds. All they're doing is trying to shine up the turd that they've been. That's what they're trying to do here. That's the whole idea of sports washing. They'll lose hundreds of millions of dollars if it means that their reputation is changed in the eyes of the West. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of this. It's not about, you know, a legitimate league. It's about trying to win you over. And it's, they're willing to burn money for it. And they basically said in the thing that they knew it was going to come to this in the statement the PGA put out about about how they just got buried in, in legal fees and everything else. They knew it was going to come to this, which just reiterates what we've been saying all all along, Nick. Which is the the tactic of of uh, of, of crying blood money and using nine eleven victims' families 
as props in this all along was nothing more than a tactic, was not some high ground that the PGA stood on. They, they've basically come out and admitted that is, is, is what this amounts to. NBA beat writer Brian Mahoney joins us next to talk finals in the offseason. Cattles and Rami. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. I believe, as we say in the uh, radio business, we are efforting to get a hold of our scheduled guest. I'm told we got him. Yeah, that effort has been uh, finished up. Effort paid we, off. We have, we have landed, landed the fish. Joining us right now on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline, Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop, is uh, NBA writer for the AP, Brian Mahoney. Brian, friend of the show. Thanks for joining us as always, Brian. It's much appreciated. Cattles, Rami, Sacktown Sports here. Let's start with Tyler Hero. Uh, looks like he's going to give it a try tonight, Brian. Can he change this series in any way, or is it just too late and Denver's too good? Uh, I think it's possible. I mean, I, I, I think it's unlikely, given the, the length of the layoff, obviously. Uh, but, you know, he does the things that Miami's struggling with. I mean, he, he's a shooter. He can spread the floor for them a little bit. So, someone they have to guard, obviously. So, uh, I think it's worth a shot. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule it out that he can actually make some kind of difference here. Is it... When you say some kind of difference, I I came into this series, I think, giving Miami more of a chance than most people. But at this point, I'm resigned to to the fate of the Miami Heat, and I I, I don't see how Miami pulls this out. Do you think they still have a chance to come back down for come back from down three one? Uh, not to win the series. I mean, I I think they can win another game, maybe. But uh, you know, the thing about the NBA Finals or any any series, obviously, when you've watched now four games. Uh, you can tell when one team is markedly better than the other team, and, and that's the case right here. Uh, you know, they may not win every game, uh, you know, but I certainly they're not going to lose three in a row. They're just they're just better than me. Brian Mahoney with us here. Brian, let's uh, let's jump to the rest of the NBA. So Dame Dalla publicly talking about teams he'd play for. I know, uh, you know, CJ McCollum, I believe, came out late last week saying this is probably the last we've seen of of Dame in Portland. But there are reports that Portland's looking to deal number three and Anthony Simons to help Dame. What would you do if you were the Blazers in this spot? That's a good question. Uh, I, you know, I, obviously he's an icon there, and he's still a great player, uh, still an all-star, I mean, an all-NBA kind of guy. You hate to trade a guy like that, but at the same time, uh, there, there's no move. I don't think that they can bring in another guy and say they're going to be a title contender. Uh, so if there's a chance to, to make a, you know, a home run kind of deal and you have to say goodbye to him, uh, I certainly think you have to look at it. Uh, you know, it's, it's getting late now to think there's still a chance that they're going to win a title with him. Is there one particular or specifically good fit when you, when you think about Dame Lillard and, and the options that we've heard in terms of possibilities where he could end up? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, when, when he says Miami, I mean, it, it, that would be a great fit. As we mentioned, you know, starting out, you know, shooting is a real problem for them. Uh, and he'd, he'd be fantastic in that role. You know, put him aside, Bam Adebayo and, and Jimmy Butler. And, and uh, I think, they, you know, they'd be a title threat right there. We see how far they've gotten now without that. So, uh, you know, if that kind of thing happened, yeah, I could definitely see where, where that would be, a, you know, a great, a great move for both sides. Brian Mahoney writes for the uh, AP about the NBA. He joins us right now on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Brian, 
I've been talking about the new uh, CBA that's going to be hitting next summer. It's not going to affect this year. But with that impending new CBA and some of the restrictions on teams that spend a lot of money, do you think that could cause some action this offseason as teams try to straighten out their books? You know, it's a good question. It's going to be interesting because, you know, it's all so new that I don't even know how the teams have figured it out yet. Uh, as of recently, I'm not sure if that's changed. They still didn't have every detail of the document yet. It was still being written. So, um, you know, there may be some panic where teams realize we have to make a move now because, yeah, this is going to be more, you know, more of a penalty than we thought with, with trying to keep teams together and things like that. So, uh, it's good. certainly going to have to keep an eye on it. You know, right off the top, you know, we think of Golden State, obviously, with, you know, having to pay Draymond and Jordan Poole. We, we look at Boston with possibly a Jalen Brown extension kicking in. So these are teams that are, you know, title contenders, which may have to look even harder than previously at whether they can keep a group together. It obviously just takes one when you're talking about a guy trying to, to get his money and finding that right team. But do you think there is a market or a bidding war coming up for for a James Harden because I look at the price tag associated with him and I just couldn't invest that in that guy and trust that that it's going to pay off yeah I'm with you not anymore Um, you know I think there would be you know some interest at a you know at a number he still obviously puts up uh, you know good stats and and still part of a winning team but uh, at the money he's going to want I don't think so Uh, you know he's you know, he's got a lot of miles. I mean, he's he's a guy for a long time, played almost 82 games. He's played a ton of games. So, uh, you know, I don't think he's got a long time left at the elite level. So I would say probably not a high bidding war for him anyway. Another team I'm fascinated by, Brian, is the Clippers. Both Paul George and Kawhi are extension eligible. Of course, they've had their injury problems, especially Kawhi. What do you think Steve Ballmer and the Clips do? That's another team I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on because, you know, you say, okay, we need one more guy and we're, and we're going to win this thing. I mean, we, this is a team who a lot of us thought going into the season was, was maybe the best team in the West. At the same time, you say, for the money I have to extend these guys now, they're never healthy. They haven't played long enough. Uh, so do I, can, can I really do this? Obviously, Steve Ballmer can afford to do whatever he wants. But, um, you know, at some point, uh, you have to say maybe this just isn't the time for this anymore. So I'm fascinated which way they're going to go. Uh, I would hate to break it up before they really had a real shot at it. But, again, it's not like they've had one year. They've had three, four years, and it hasn't happened yet. You have to wonder if it ever will. Let me bring it around locally here to the Kings. As as you were watching this team and, and they came up short in their series with the Warriors, what do you think is missing with this Kings team? And, and do you see it out there on, on the free agent market in – one or maybe a handful of guys? You know, I don't think there's much missing. I really like that team. I mean, playoff experience was probably the thing that, you know, hurt them the most. Uh, you know, this was their first time doing it. But obviously, you an elite point guard. You have a great center. Uh you know, some good wings. I, I don't know if there's a lot missing. I mean, maybe another big body inside. Uh, you know, that I think every team kind of would like that. Uh, you know, a, a stretch four who's, you know, some bring some power. But uh, there's not a lot that I look at and say, you know, I only saw them a few times in person. But every time, I'm like, this is a really, really good team. And I don't think there's a ton that, uh, you know, any kind of huge moves they have to make. Brian, great stuff. We appreciate your time, my man. Let's do this again soon. I hope so. Thanks very much. Thank you. There goes Brian Mahoney again, NBA writer for the AP. Uh, he was on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. The Clippers are just, they, they fascinate me. Like, what do you do? I mean, Kawhi just, 
it doesn't look like Kawhi can ever be healthy again. You know, I would hope because he's one of the best players in the league, but he yeah, just. I want to see it happen, but I don't have the highest no level of confidence or no. faith that he, it will. He couldn't ever get happen. through the postseason, yeah. man. Like he, he just after all the load management, he still couldn't get through the playoffs. And you're looking at two guys who are making tons of money, both extension eligible. This new CBA, but Steve Bomber, we know if there's somebody who's willing to pay a ton of money, it's going to be Steve Bomber. So the Clippers. They're one of those teams that I have my eye on. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to try to get ahead of it and deal one of those guys? Are they going to just kind of ride it out? Are they going to get an extension? Which, to me, would be madness. All right, we'll overreact on a Monday coming up. It's Monday. And we all have an opinion on what happened. Let's get a reaction. Are you ready to crown a champ yet? That team's unbelievable. It's the best team I've seen in years. Has your favorite team thrown in the towel? They're horrible. Overreaction Monday. Yeah, yeah, it's a Monday. It's time to overreact from what we saw over the weekend. The bigger the overreaction, the better. And that's why I'll start with the Oakland A's, Rami. Oh. That's right. Oh. Their season. Oh. Has been turned around. (laughs) Oh, what happened? Let's go A's. What happened? That is breathtaking. All right. If wow. You, if you weren't that paying would be attention. quite the turn of events. And if, no, I was not. If you weren't paying attention over the weekend, the A's swept the Milwaukee Brewers. Ooh. Took all three in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. And this was, Rami. At the old AmFam. This was after winning two games back-to-back in Pittsburgh. Whoa. So your boys. Five. Five in a row? Your boys five. have a five-game win streak wow. right now. One, two, three, four, five. Wow. That's, I honest to God, had no idea that was happening. Well, I hope you did because it was in my headline. (laughs) I mean, mean, until I heard your headline. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Until that moment. (laughs) Not right now. Because I was listening closely to to the headlines. Of course. I'm over here listening intently. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm here to tell you the A's fixed. Rest of Major League Baseball has to watch out. It's official. Wow. Uh, they now play the Rays. Some might think the Rays are the best team in baseball. No. Wait until they meet the machine. Exactly. Five straight, Wait until baby. the A's come rolling through. Show you how this thing is done. What do you got right? for us? I know there's been a lot of uh, strife about this whole PGA Live thing, Nick. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. But fear not, folks. It's all going to get fixed. All will be right in the world. Mm-hmm. Justice will prevail. What's right will happen, right? And you know why? Because the U.S. government is getting involved. And we oh, all, yeah, we there all, you go. Yeah, we all know. <laughs> Anytime the U.S. government gets involved, yes. things get fixed. If you got go right? to if you gotta go one place to get things corrected, and especially corrected efficiently. And yes, quickly, <laughs> efficiently, and judiciously. Yes. And justly is how the U.S. government uh, operates. The U.S. Senate's Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations has opened a review of the PGA Tour's planned alliance with the DP World Tour and Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund. Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat, Connecticut, chairman of the subcommittee, notified PGA... Blumenthal's on TV like uh, 20 times a week. Jay Monahan of the inquiry in a letter on Monday. 
And uh, something I that I found to be <laughs> surprising in this, Nick, is that the PGA Tour is considered a not-for-profit business. There you go, nonprofit. And they're worried about how a foreign government getting involved in a in, in what they call an American institution that has the the added benefit and perk of being a not for profit business association and mm. the tax perks that come with that. It's a little concerning to the US government. So I'm sure they'll fix it. <laughs> how is the PGA not for profit? They're not turning a bit they're not turning a buck on the PGA tour? No, they're all Mm-mm. broke. Or with Liv? Mm-mm. How, who, who writes our tax code? <laughs> just, Not me. How is something like this allowed to happen? Way above my pay grade. I'm sure, and I'm sure, uh, Congressman or Senator? Senator, Senator Blumenthal, yeah, yeah. Well, he'll be all over this. Him, him and all his cohorts in the nation's capital, they'll be all over this. I'll get this all straightened out and fixed up because <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. It's just what they do. Yeah. Blumenthal spent more time on TV than in the chambers, but sure, yes. So if you've been rubbed the wrong way by this whole live golf PGA thing, fear not. It's all going to get fixed here soon. Your government's got you. Your government's got you covered. Anything from you in the uh, I, I behind got, the glass? I got one. Yeah. Oh, I'll start oh, off by saying, first of all, I love paying taxes. But uh, you're the one. I, yeah, I'm the one guy. I love I losing twenty percent I mean, of my paycheck. I, I I understand. I have to, but I don't enjoy it. Twenty percent. It's yeah. about twenty, eighteen, whatever. Uh, <laughs> there was a big UFC this weekend, though. Just you guys were break. talking about it earlier. Uh, my overreaction is that Charles Oliveira's back, and he will oh. be champion within the next year. He will go back to being champion. Beat of the, the bag out of Benel Lightweight <laughs> Yes. Is that an overreaction, Dick? I have no idea. Uh, is that a big deal? Would that if that happened, would that be a big deal? Well, some thought that Oliveira might be starting to fade. So. Oh, okay. Past his prime. Benel Dariush is legit. He crushed him. Crushed him. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't great for Dariush. No. Dariush is his yeah. name. Vanille Dariush. He was uh, on a heater too. I think yeah, five or six heater. in a, in he a hadn't, row. He hadn't lost in quite a while. Yeah. Uh, so all right, there you have it. A little MMA mixed in. Simone, what you got? I would just like to say for my overreaction Monday that Conor McGregor should apologize for absolutely <laughs> Bernie's got to learn to get those hands up, baby. Protect the merchandise. Yeah, and Bernie had big gloves on, man. Could have covered that grill. By the way, just an absolute haymaker. I'll take. Uh, I'll take out of line. I'll take Nate's right. Okay, and I'll take Simone's, and I'll combine them. And I will say my overreaction number two for over the weekend okay. is that Conor McGregor is a more effective halftime show fighter than actual fighter at this stage <laughs> of his life. Yeah, I'll take that. That's very true. Stick to hitting Bernie's in the head. Yeah. Uh, can I get one more in? Absolutely. And this is the most popular overreaction in the world of sports today. Oh. Uh, not only are we going to see the Nuggets win a championship tonight, yes. the first championship in the Denver Nuggets histor- history as an organization. Ladies and gentlemen... We are seeing, as we see every year with every champion, <laughs> the beginning of a dynasty here oh, with Nikolai Jokic, <laughs> Jamal Murray, Whoa. and the crew That's up in a Denver. Good one. This is the start of a dynasty, ladies and gentlemen, is what you're seeing here. Not just some champion. Oh, they won a championship. No, 
dynasty is what we're seeing being being born tonight in one. Denver. Oh, I got another one. Oh, I'm coming back at you. Oh, ready for this? Okay. Completely biased take here. You ready? All right. DeAndre Hopkins, who was set to visit the New England Patriots this week, mm-hmm. he signs with the Patriots, and the Patriots are a Super Bowl contender. Wow! Right? Oh wow! Wow! Right. They're a DeAndre Hopkins away from winning the whole damn thing. Wow! That's right. My brain just exploded back here. Someone call someone. Take it one step further. He turns Mac oh. Jones into Tom Brady. Okay, he turns Mac guys. Jones into Tom Brady 2.0. He turns, he turns the Patriots into a dynasty yet again. There you go. There you go. Take that. They'll dominate the NFL like the Nuggets going to dominate the NBA. Let me just circle back around. Nikolai Jokic, uh, the GOAT. All right. Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. Yeah. They're going to name the MVP trophy after Nikolai Jokic (laughs) on the court tonight. I got a crazy they one. Won the championship. All right. They win tonight and Jokic retires. Oh, That's my reaction. There wow. we go. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Love it. He calls it. Love it. Best <laughs> overreaction Monday ever. And that's not an overreaction. <laughs> 28 years old. He's just going to be like, you know what? I've done enough. Yeah. His, his body, dude. His body, it's done. It's over. A couple of MVPs. Of he did it. Yeah. Take a break. A couple MVPs got a ring. He does have horses mm-hmm. to take care Wants of. Wants to go uh, lie down near the pool. Doesn't care about stats. Don't Not we worried all. about it. Don't we all. All the great centers of the NBA will carry him <laughs> off the court. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar will make an appearance just to Kareem, help carry. David Robinson, Patrick Ewing. Shaq um, will do it, but it'll be passive. Shaq, Shaq won't Shaq like it. Shaq will be there. Yeah, Dwight Howard. There, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shaq and Dwight well, make Dwight's up. coming over? They will, yes, they will okay. carry him off the court. Gloriously and victoriously. And then Dwight tries to recruit Jokic to come play in Taiwan yes. with him. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful That name. is not an overreaction. Beautiful it name. would happen. <laughs> we really killed it. <laughs> I'd almost uh, guarantee that Dwight Howard will somehow get his face somewhere to say, Yes. Jokic, come join me. And then wasn't he upset that Taiwan was like underpaying him or something? They offered him a, uh, a 65% pay cut. Do you guys want to know a funny stat about Not that? A good sign. There's six teams in his league. Four teams make the playoffs. His team did not make the playoffs, yeah, so he probably shouldn't be complaining too probably much. Probably deserve, yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably imagine fair going offer. to Taiwan, former All Star, a guy who many would argue is one of the best centers that we've seen in the past couple Superstar. decades. It is overreaction Monday. Let's just make him the best, the best center ever. in the yeah, history okay. of the NBA. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about the best center that's ever played in the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> exactly. Dwight Howard. And he goes to Taiwan. You know and they besmirch the man by saying, we'll give you a 65% pay cut. That's disgusting. Absolutely. The best that's repugnant. ever lived, Rami, at repugnant. his position. Until Nikola Jokic tonight, of course, of course. wins. Yes. Then leapfrogs Dwight Howard and then caps it off by retiring <laughs> oh at, at midcourt. And is carried off the court by all the great living centers. Yes. And then the trophy Including is Including Dwight, who him. made the trip from Taiwan just exactly. to be involved. Exactly. We can do dead centers, too. The ghosts of centers. <laughs> They're, everyone's there. Nate. We went morbid quick. I mean, we were all having Jesus. a good time. And then Rami giggled. <laughs> you know, weekend at Bernie this thing? Yeah. <laughs> Literally with the uh, mascot. No. Okay. What are we doing now? I mean, that took a turn. I was having fun, and then yeah, Nate. I got sad. My bad. All right. uh, Is the biggest threat to a Nuggets dynasty the dynasty that Rami just brought up? Oh. Is it in our own backyard? That's next.